you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Psalms again. Psalm 134 in your Bibles. We've been there a couple times or so since we started this series, and we're going to be there. Uh, we're going to be there again tonight. I said earlier in the service you chose a good night to come, and you really did. I feel really strongly about the message tonight. Now, the message a message doesn't always go well just because I feel strongly about it, but I really believe that we're going to give you something that's going to help you. It's going to help our church tonight. And so we're going to begin in Psalm 134. It's only three verses. And so, of course, we're just going to read the whole, the whole chapter tonight. And we're talking about the wonderful way, understanding the wonderful way of public worship. So when you find your places, uh, why don't we stand one last time to stretch our legs, and then we're going to get into some Bible study tonight. Psalm 134 and verse number one. The Bible says, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. I'll tell you what, church, let's do this before you have a seat. Let's just go around the room tonight. And let's, let's just let's call it on about 20 hands and tell us something that you're thankful for tonight. Just a quick word, just something you're thankful for tonight. Miss Beverly? The Word, of God. the Word of God. That's a good start. That's, that's a good start. Brother Mike? I'm thankful the Lord is in control. The Lord is in control. He is. Don't ever forget that. Who else tonight? Heather, go ahead. No matter what, God's on the winning side. On the winning side, yes. We're on the winning side, Brother Andy. Grace and mercy. Boy, have you experienced grace and mercy today? You have, whether you know it or not. The grace and mercy of the Lord. Go ahead, Linda. Prayer. prayer. What a privilege. What a privilege to pray. Go ahead, brother. The right path. The right path. Absolutely. Brother? Salvation. salvation. So great salvation. Karen? Forgiveness. Amen. Yes, absolutely. Love letter. Y'all have a love letter. Amen. How many brought you a love letter tonight? Amen. 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 God's love letter to us. Somebody else tonight? Jackson, go ahead. A God-loving church. Amen. Amen, buddy. Charles? Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. Exalt. We can praise him. We can praise him on our worst day. God hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. Amen. Anybody else tonight? Uh, Nelly, go ahead. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Yes, yes. He is a faithful God. Go ahead, brother. Unconditional love. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. He surely did. Sue? Amen. Family, yes. Meredith, you have something you're thankful for? The Bible, absolutely. Amen. Go ahead, Krista. Um, being able to have peace in time of turmoil, even though our emotions get caught up in everything yeah. that's going on, really could always have the peace that passes understanding. All understanding. Amen. That's good. Wonderful. Anybody else? We're done. Ann, go ahead. Freedom. That's exactly right. That's right. Well, hallelujah. The Lord is good. I want to talk to you tonight about that subject, understanding the wonderful way 
of public worship. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about something that's so important tonight. So important. So you may be seated, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump right into our Bible study tonight. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you tonight. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being back at Calvary Baptist Church tonight. And what a wonderful time. What a wonderful night, Lord, for us to be able to come together as a church family. Lord, I'm so glad that, Lord, that things have have happened like they've happened as far as, uh, Lord, for some, this is a, uh, they would see this as a sort of a dark day politically, uh, nationally. But Lord, I'm glad that we can come to this haven right here and we can be encouraged in the things of the Lord. And God, I appreciate, Lord, the testimonies tonight that, Lord, you're the same, that, Lord, you're our hope, Lord, you're our rock, that, Lord, we can praise you uh, in any event, any circumstance. God, you haven't changed. Uh, Lord, you, there, there's no variableness in you, neither shadow of turning. Uh, Lord, you don't change like we change. You don't change like political parties change. You don't change as the nations change. You're always the same. And Heavenly Father, I pray that we will, that we will fix our eyes on you. The psalmist said, my heart is fixed. And I pray that our heart will be fixed tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll teach us a great lesson this evening, and I pray that we'll go home encouraged, and I pray we'll go home better because of what we've, what we've heard tonight. And so, Lord, bless our discussion this evening. Bless those that are here tonight under the sound of my voice, and then, Lord, those that are watching by way of uh, the live stream. I pray that you'd work in their hearts and their lives tonight and encourage us, I pray, and help us to be an encourager. So, Father, we pray for the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit, and we thank you for your blessings and your your love. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake and all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, we started this whole series uh, in Psalm 134, and if you remember, as we began this study, we started by using the Psalms that we call the Songs of Degrees, the Songs of Degrees. Psalm 134 is a Song of Degrees. Uh, You could go back to right around Psalm 120, Psalm 121, uh, and it begins what's called the Songs of Degrees. And we said that the Hebrew people would sing these songs or these psalms, same thing really, as they made their way up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was always up above sea level, and as the people in Israel would uh, venture to Jerusalem, they would always travel up. Uh, to, to Jerusalem, and as they would sing these songs of degrees on their way to Jerusalem, it was for the purpose of worship. Now, here's a neat fact that I want to give you tonight, and I think it's applicable to us this evening. And that's this, that many of the caravans, as they were traveling to Jerusalem, would meet a day's journey from the city. They had a designated place that they would come together Families, days and days before this, would send word by way of messenger, and they would set up a designated place a day away from Jerusalem, and they would all meet together. And the idea behind that was this, that we're going to take at least one day of travel, and we're going to all come together for the purpose of fellowship. And as we travel that day up to Jerusalem to worship, we're going to spend that day catching up. 
We're going to spend that day sharing stories. You understand that they had no email, they had no uh, telephone, and they had no, you know, postal service back in that day, really. And so it would be months and months since family members had saw one another. And so they would say, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to meet at this certain place, and then we're going to all get together. We're going we're to unite into one big, gigantic caravan, one big, gigantic family, and uh, we're going to travel that next day up to Jerusalem. And while we're doing that, man, we're just going to have a time of festivity and fellowship and telling stories and, and catching up. Uh, before, before we make our way into the temple sanctuary for worship. Now, how many remember we said this, that the Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth? Did you know we find the exact same thing happening in the early church? Now, I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to pick up speed here because we'll have to to get through this tonight. But Acts chapter 2 in your Bibles... And, and, and find your place, if you will, to verse number 41. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 41. And we find this tradition really uh, carries right on in the, New, in the New Testament church. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 41, the Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now look at verse 42. The Bible says, And they continued steadfastly, in the apostles' doctrine and, what's the word? Fellowship. Fellowship. Uh, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Look at verse 44. I've got that highlighted or emboldened in my Bible. The Bible says, And all that believed were together and had all things common. Uh, verse 45, And sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, verse 46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with, with what? With what? Gladness and singleness of heart. Verse 47, praising God. And look at the next line. And having favor, what's it say? With all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And so we find here that, boy, fellowship, fellowship. Now, we learned several things in our study so far. We learned, number one, that music and melody is a very, very important part of public worship. And then we talked about this. We said that worship included attendance at multiple times, uh, day, night, uh, during the day, sometimes every day. Then we said, number three, that uh, public worship included a message from God's man. And we talked about preaching and the power of preaching and how God uses preaching. And then we talked about this last week. We said that public worship included a multitude of believers and that the church, God was adding to the church. And then the church began to grow by multiplication and the church was just growing and growing and growing. But I want to talk to you about this subject today uh, is this, that public worship included marvelous fellowship. It included marvelous fellowship. And by the way, that word marvelous is not there by accident. It's there on purpose. Because the right kind of fellowship is marvelous. It's marvelous. And when we go back and we study the early church, we find out that one of the things 
that was indicative of the early churches that, man, they had tremendous fellowship. Uh, they, were, they, they knew something that maybe others don't know, that there was amazing power in fellowship. Now, I want to take a few minutes tonight, and I want to tell you what's so important about fellowship. What, what's the big deal about fellowship? Why don't we open up early? Why is it that we don't have the, you know, why, why is it that we don't open up five minutes before the service and, you know, folks are getting here, we're cutting on the lights while folks are getting here. Why, is the, why are the doors open long before the service starts? Why is it that people are gathering here long before the service? Why is it that people are staying here long after the service? And by the way, I love it. I, I'm not against that. I'm for that. Now, somebody said that a sure sign that a church is maybe not quite healthy is when five minutes after the closing prayer, the lights are out and the church is dark. And people just can't wait to get away from the house of God. I love it that often people will stay here a half hour, an hour, and sometimes longer than that. They'll stay here for the purpose of fellowship. And so what fellowship, what, what's so big? What's the big deal about fellowship? And I'm gonna tell you just how important biblically fellowship is tonight. I'm going to start, first of all, with a negative. This is a negative, and then we'll, we'll go to a positive tonight. Number one is this fellowship can be detrimental to spiritual health. Fellowship can be detrimental. In other words, it can be damaging. It can be, it can be destroying. Uh, the wrong kind of fellowship is what I'm talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 33, the Bible says, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. That word communications means companionship. The wrong kind of companionship can corrupt your life. It can corrupt good manners. Uh, Proverbs 27, 17 says it like this, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Now, what's the Bible saying there? Uh, basically, the Word of God is challenging us in this area that we better be careful about those that we hang around, those that we, uh, those that we make our, our confidants, those that we make our counselors, those that we make our, our best friends. Would you take your Bibles tonight, please, and turn with me to the, the book of 2 Samuel 2 Samuel chapter 13, I'm going to hit this quickly, but 2 Samuel chapter 13 in your Bibles, we, we read in 2 Samuel chapter 13 of a young man by the name of Amnon. Amnon was a son to King David. And we find here that Amnon ruined his life with immoral sin. A terrible, terrible sin. But here's the clincher about the story of Amnon that more than likely Amnon would have traveled down this path had it not been that he had the wrong kind of fellowship. Look, if you will, at 2 Samuel chapter 13 and verse number 1. The Bible says that it came to pass uh, after this that, Ab that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And you say, preacher, <clears throat> what does that mean? He loved his sister. Does that mean he loved her like a brother loves his sister? Not exactly. For the Bible tells us in verse number, in verse number two, and Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her 
But Amnon, look what it says, verse 3. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And so here Amnon was, Amnon was having the wrong kind of thoughts. They were wicked, they were immoral. He never should have had those kind of thoughts, but the Bible is very clear to tell us that, that, uh, that Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything. In other words, he had some thoughts, but he wasn't going to carry them out. But the fact that Amnon was fellowshipping with the wrong kind of people ended up ruining Amnon's life. By the way, he ended up losing his life because of that. Now, this is just this is a short point. But, but I want to say something to our parents tonight. Parents, you had better be choosy about who you allow your kids to fellowship with. Because if you lay down with the dogs, you're liable to get up with the fleas. And I say this all the time. I've said it many times through the years, but, it, but it, 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 it's so true. You never jump in a swimming pool and make the swimming pool dry. When you jump in the swimming pool, it always makes you wet. And you never jump in the middle of the wrong crowd and the wrong crowd, uh, make the wrong crowd good. When you jump in the wrong crowd, it always makes you bad. And they always have a way of pulling you down. And so be very, very careful about who you let your kids run with and, uh, and, and be very careful of who you choose to be your best friends and make sure that you, that you associate with people that are gonna strengthen you and they're gonna help you and they're gonna encourage you. Make sure that you hang around people that love God and love the word of God and love the house of God. And, and listen, if you're, if you're hanging around people that are, are anti-Bible and anti-church and, and anti-preaching, and all these kind of things, maybe it's time that you choose a new crowd to fellowship with. And so we find here that, that fellowship can be detrimental to spiritual health. But number, number next is this. We see here that fellowship is our divine calling. Did you know that we were called for the purpose of fellowship? Have you ever, have you ever wondered, you've heard about people being called for something. Have you ever wondered if you had a calling? You thought, I wonder if I'm called for anything. You know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily called to preach. I don't know if, if, like Brother Holt, I don't know if I'm called to go to the foreign mission field. Preacher, do uh, you reckon I've been called for anything? You sure have. You have been called to fellowship. Would you take your Bibles tonight and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1? In verse number 9 tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 9. And notice what our Bible says here. 1 Corinthians 1, 9, the Bible says God is faithful. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You and I were called to fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said it like this, walking is dull. I'm a sadly owned. Walking is dull if one walks alone. No one to talk with of what one sees. Flowers and meadows and birds and trees. Walking is fine if a comrade true, loving and eager, goes with you. Marry the chat, marry the song, as the comrade spirits trudge along. The miles are short and the views are fair and sweet and cool in the magic air. And a wondrous charm is the brotherly weather as you and your comrade walk together. And so, 
Old Spirit, divinely high. The Lord of the earth and the arcing sky, thy love bends down from infinity and even descends to walk with me. What beautiful prospects grow around as thou and I tread the hallowed ground. In other words, we're called to fellowship with the Lord of lords and the King of kings. We're, we're, we're called to walk with him. That's, that's what you're called to do. You say, well, preacher, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher, but you're still called to walk with God. You're still called to, to fellowship with the Lord of lords. You say, well, uh, uh, pastor, I'm not a Sunday school teacher, and you don't have to be a Sunday school teacher, but you're still called to walk with Jesus. You're still called to fellowship with the Lord. But here's the great thing. Here's the great thing. Did you know that some people are not naturally great fellowshippers? Some folks are more awkward. There are some people that come to our church and they're a little bit more backward. Some folk are more shy. Uh, some folk have a hard time uh, striking up a conversation with others and, uh, and, and, and they just they have a hard time fellowshipping. But here's what's so beautiful about the house of God. We practice at God's house, fellowshipping with others. And hopefully that fellowship that we practice here at God's house will make us better at fellowshipping with our Savior. That's probably without a doubt what the writer of Hebrews was talking about when he said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. What, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that as you come here and you fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ, you know what's going on? You're getting some practice in. People come sometimes, they'll say, well, preacher, uh, you know, I know it's okay for you, but I, I, I just, I don't know how to pray. And I, I just, I, you know, it's hard for me. I, I, don't, I don't know how to walk with God. I really don't know how to fellowship with Jesus. And I want to say this, that if you can fellowship with me, you can fellowship with him. Amen. And somebody says, preacher, I don't know how I would, I don't know how I would, I would talk to the Lord. Well, how do you talk to your preacher? How do you fellowship with other folks? You come in sometimes and you say, hey, Brother Brandon, I well, sure appreciate you. Why don't you try that with the Lord? Why don't you come into his presence and say, and say Lord, I well, sure appreciate you. I hear people around our church sometimes, they'll, they'll tell somebody else, boy, I love you. Love you, brother. I love you, sister. I see our ladies coming around and hugging on each other and, and say, I love you. You're so sweet. I hear our lady say, you're so precious. You're so precious. Hey, you know, what, you know what that is? That's practice. Why don't you try that with the Lord? Why don't you come into his presence and say, "You're because he is precious. Amen. Why don't you come to the Lord and say, Lord, have I told you today I love you? Lord, how long has it been since I told you how special you are? How long has it been since I told you how much I appreciate you? Uh, uh, how long has it been since I told you how much I just enjoy being around you? And, and I thank you for speaking to me from your word. And I, I thank you for answering my prayer. And I, I thank you for being my salvation. And this is all I'm saying. Why is it so important that we come to the house of God? Because we're getting practice in every time we come here. That fellowship is our divine calling and so as you come in and you're fellowshipping, and let me just encourage you, 
I'm not picking on anybody tonight. But let me just encourage you that if you can, and I know sometimes work, conflicts, and all that, I understand all that, but if you can, get here a little early. Get here a few minutes early before the service. You say, well, why, preacher? For fellowship. And if you can, hang around just for a, a minute. I understand there's different. I, I got it. I understand. You say, preacher, we got to get home. We got work. I, I got I got it. I get it. I get it. I understand. But I'm just saying that, that maybe get here a little bit early and stay just a few minutes after and love on some folks and shake some hands and fellowship. And by the way, if there's one thing that has been attacked in 2020, it is social fellowship. And we may be more healthy because of it, which I'm not really so sure about that. But emotionally speaking and spiritually speaking, I think we have become very anemic because we don't have that interaction with others that we're supposed to have. Fellowship can be detrimental to spiritual health. Fellowship is our divine calling. But I was very excited about this next point. How about this? Fellowship is our distinct opportunity. Oh, I love this point. Fellowship is our distinct opportunity. What do you mean, preacher? It is our opportunity to encourage somebody. It's our opportunity to help another brother or sister in the Lord. It's our opportunity to lift someone's burdens as they come to the house of the Lord. And I told some folks today, uh, I, I, I don't know about other churches, but when you come to Calvary, you're going to walk into a spiritual hospital. That's what we are. Amen. You're going to come where there's a lot of hurting people and a lot of broken people have come and God has fixed them and now they're turning around and they're trying to help other people and that's what fellowship is all about, is, is, is coming in and it's our opportunity to try to lift someone else up. And by the way, as you read the songs of degrees, and I never noticed this before, but as you read the songs of degrees, that's exactly what we see. Can I show it to you? Would you turn back over to Psalms again? Man, I never noticed this. Look at Psalm 121. Psalm 121. And, and notice, if you will, verse number three. Psalm 121, verse number three. So here, here they are, they, they've come to this meeting place that's still a day's journey from the city. You understand that they've come from burdens, they've come from heartaches, they've come from trials. These families have had a big reunion, now this caravan has grown into a large caravan and they're making their way up to Jerusalem to worship. And so they've come together for the purpose of fellowship. And we notice here that as these people meet, we notice that they begin to speak into the lives of their brothers and sisters. Look what it, look what it says, Psalm 121, verse 3. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Look what it says in verse number 5. The Lord is, what's the next word? Thy keeper. The Lord is, what's the word? Thy shade upon, what's the word? Thy. In other words, you, you see what's going on? They're speaking into the lives of their family. They're saying, take heart. He's your shade. He's going to bring you through. Everything's going to be all right. 
God's going to take care of you. And these family members got together and they're traveling up to Jerusalem to worship. And one family member says, boy, it's been a tough year. We've had some, we, we've had some sickness this year. And uh, Uncle so-and-so got, got really, really sick. And then somebody else spoke up and said, hey, God's going to take care of that. God's your shade. God's going to watch over you. Look at Psalm 122, verse number one. I was glad, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let, what's the next word? Let us go. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Verse two, what's the first word of verse two? Our. Our, hey family, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Whither the, what's the next word? Whither the tribes. It's not just about me. I love this. It's not just about me. We're all gonna go up. Man, the whole tribe's going up. We're all going to worship. We're all going to have a time. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Man, I know we've had some hardships this last year. I know we've had some turbulence this last year, but we're almost to the city. Oh, Calvary Baptist Church, I feel some preach coming on tonight. I want to tell you, I know that 2020 has been a tough year. I know it's been turbulent. I know it's been trialsome, but I got news for you. We're getting close to the city. Amen. Everything's going to be okay. God's in control. God's going to bring us through. Amen. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who's in the Senate. I don't care who's in the Congress, but I do care who's on the throne. Amen. And God is still on the throne. He's never given it up. He never will give it up. And there's coming a day when he will be prophet, priest, and king, and he will rule, and he will reign. And thank God, those of you who are saved will rule with him. Hallelujah. Aren't we glad we came to the house of the Lord tonight? I love this. I think we just found a great treasure. Look at Psalm 124. Verse number one. I love this. They're speaking into the lives of their loved ones. Verse one. If it had not been the Lord, who was on whose side? Our side. He's on our side. May, now, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Not just me, but it was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Oh, hang on, but here's verse number six. And here they are. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. You say, preacher, what's the big deal with fellowship? It's a big deal because it is our opportunity to encourage, to lift people up, to speak into their life to encourage them, to help them, to help them get a mile down the road, to help them to keep on going. Don't you give up. Don't you stop. Don't you give in. God's in control. God's going to bring you through. You say, preacher, you need to calm down. I Listen, I'm way past that. I can't help it tonight. I'm telling you, thank God that I get to come to a church where I experience this kind of fellowship. It's our distinct opportunity. I don't know about y'all, but I love, I love trying to speak into the lives of other people. 
By the way, there's power in words. By the way, I'm not a charismatic. I'm a Baptist from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, but I'm telling you something, there's power in words. And I love being able to speak into the lives of other people. What do you mean, preacher? How about this? It's a blessing when I get to pray personally with people about their problems. Now, we're going to have Brother Cox Monday, God willing, Monday. Daryl Cox taught me this truth. That when you're with somebody and they've got a burden, if the opportunity, if, if there's an opportunity, pray with them right then. I was watching one night. We visited Trinity one night for some kind of a meeting. And we were coming out in, in the lines, going to shake Brother Cox's hand. And somebody came out a little bit before us. And I think they were just telling Brother Cox there was a burden or some, something going, a problem or something. And I saw Brother Cox just stop right there. And he just bowed his head and started praying for him. And I've seen Brother Cox just stop right, right where they were. And he'd just have a word of prayer for that person right then. Listen, if the opportunity arises and you're with your brothers or sisters in Christ at Calvary Baptist Church, and if you can, pray right then. You don't have to be the pastor. You don't have to be a deacon. If you're talking to somebody and they've got a burden and they have confided in you and they say, well, we got this issue this week, just say, you know what, I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's pray about it. Let's just pray. Let's go to the altar and let's just pray. You don't have to be invitation time. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It can be after the service. It can be before the service. You're not going to bother us getting on this altar. But if you can't make it to the altar, just pray where you are. Pray out in the parking lot. Pray out in the the grand atrium. Pray in a Sunday school class. And uh, boy, what a blessing to be able to pray personally with with people about their problems. I I remember, boy, I I thought about this. Uh, You know, sometime back, my wife and I, we got, both of us got COVID. And the virus is crazy because it'll hit 10 people. It's not too, too bad. And then all of a sudden it hits one person. It's just like, it's like a steamroller. For us, it was the steamroller strain. And we were sick. We were sick for 14 days straight. We were trying to encourage each other after every day. We're like, honey, it's going to get better tomorrow. It's got to get better tomorrow. Surely it's going to get better tomorrow. Then it'd get worse. And so because it got worse, we'd say, well, it's got to get better tomorrow. And then it'd get worse. For 14 days, we were so sick, and then toward the end of those days, couldn't eat anything, couldn't keep, you know, just sick, sick, sick. Hannah came to the house, and she said, Dad, I've already got with Zach and Samuel, and she said, y'all are going to the hospital if I have to call an ambulance. We went to the hospital, and I, and I, and, and, and I said, honey, listen, we'll, we'll go to the hospital. I'm going somewhere with this story. And I said, hey, that's fine, we'll go. We loaded up in the, the truck, and Hannah took us to the ER, and that was back when COVID was really, really bad. And when you walk in and say, "We've got coronavirus," they're like, "Wow!" You know, you know. And uh, anyway, that's, that's how you. That's how you. Amen, brother Mike. That's how you felt. And it was like you got the bubonic plague or something. And, and uh, they led us back to the examination room from a distance. I might add, you know. And we went back there, and we were so we were so sick. Headaches so bad. Man, we were so sick. And a nurse came in our room. And she said, preacher. 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 You don't know me. 
you can't recognize me, and we couldn't because she had the whole bodysuit on. She had all the headgear on, and she said, you don't recognize me, but she said, I'm Miss Amy's sister. And she said, would it be okay if I had a word of prayer with y'all? Oh, yeah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. When nobody else wanted to touch us, Miss Amy's sister came over. She got Miss Tammy by the hand. She got me by the hand. And she began to cry. And we began to cry. And she said, Lord, would you touch these folk? You know what? Honestly, that night I felt like an angel of light walked into our room that night. I can't even tell you the encouragement that was. Now you see, preacher, why would you tell me that story? Because you're going to have people that are going to come into your, in, into your line of traffic. And they're going to have problems and they're going to have burdens. And you need to come around them and say, let's pray. Let's pray about it. Let's pray, man, let's pray about this burden. Let's pray about this issue. Let's pray about this problem. Let's pray for your family. And, and man, what a blessing to be able to pray personally with people about their problems. But how about this? It's a blessing not only when I, I get to pray personally, but number two, it's a blessing when I get to put to rest people's fears about their problems. Now, this is all fellowship. People will call. This happens. It's happened a lot of times in 30 years. Preacher, they said it might be cancer. And you know what? I'm so glad that as people call a lot of times, I'm able to put to rest their fears. And I can say to them, it could be, but usually it's not. That's the truth, by the way. Most of the calls I get where people call and say, preacher, the doctor said it could be, usually it's not. And, I, and, and by the way, even if it is, guess what? He's able. He's able. We've seen, we've seen cancer patients restored at Calvary Baptist Church. We've saw people healed at Calvary Baptist Church. And I'm glad that I'm able to speak into their lives. And I'm able to remind them that, that God, God is able to restore and God is able to heal. But how about this? It's a blessing when I get to present hope to people overcome by their problems. When they walk into this church and they feel like their life is over. And it happens all the time. And people walk into this spiritual hospital and they feel like God will never use them again. And this has happened before. People walked in here and they, they were like, preacher, I know, listen, I know that God will never forgive me. And I'm able to, <laughs> oh man, you're looking at a blessed man tonight. I got the greatest job in all the world. And by the way, you do too. Because I get to speak into their life and I get to say, I have some good news. God will forgive you. And God will not only forgive you, but he'll restore you. And God will not only restore you, but he'll use you. Preacher, you mean God will forgive me? Yes, God will forgive you. You mean God? You mean there's a chance? There's a chance that God will use me? Yes, yes, yes. God will use you again. By the way, what a great message to share at Calvary Baptist Church. And then it's a blessing when I get to proclaim scripture for people's problems. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. 
Scripture like Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. Scriptures like Luke 1, 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Scriptures like Ephesians 3 and verse number 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And scriptures like 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Fellowship. You understand that long before the preaching ever comes, there ought to be ministry going on. And long after the preaching stops, there ought to be ministry going on. I ask you a question. What kind of words are you speaking into the lives of others? People walk in from a rough background, a ruined life, ruined testimony. And like, I don't think God will ever use me again. Well, you're probably right. Probably right. What I suggest is that you just crawl in a hole and pull the rock over, over you. Let me tell you something, Calvary Baptist Church. There may be some churches that are preaching that kind of heresy, but by the grace of God, we won't preach it at Calvary Baptist Church. And when folks walk through these doors, your brothers and your sisters and your loved ones, amen, yes. Somebody help me. Go pray with him. Amen. Amen. That's what this is all about. We're here to encourage. We're here to lift up. That is the power of fellowship. Fellowship. I told some folks today, they said, Preacher, we're thinking about coming to Calvary. And I told them, I said, let me tell you what's going to happen. If you'll come to Calvary, I said, some folks are going to come around you and they're going to love you and they're going to try to encourage you. I'm so thankful that I get to pastor a church like that. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for letting us be a part, Lord, of a church like this. Father, I pray that You'll help us to understand that we have a golden opportunity to lift people. Father, to encourage them. Lord, to sustain them, to pray for them, to pray around them. God, we thank you for working in hearts. Lord, I pray you'll have your way in this invitation. Lord, are we seizing that opportunity? God, what are we... What are we speaking into the lives of those around us? Oh, God, tonight, help us. Lord, I pray that you'd give us wisdom. I pray that you'd give us discernment. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd give us a spirit of exhortation and encouragement. And help us, Heavenly Father, to love people to Jesus. God, have your way in this invitation. Maybe you've laid, maybe you've laid someone on, someone here tonight, you've laid someone on their heart. And tonight they need to come. Mention that name to the Lord. 
I pray they'll come tonight. Father, maybe there's one here this evening that's lost and undone without Jesus. Or maybe someone watching by way of live stream that doesn't know Christ as Savior. Oh, I pray tonight they'll find their way to the cross. God, I pray they'll understand they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And I pray tonight, Heavenly Father, they'll trust Jesus, give their heart to Him. Father, have your way tonight. We thank you and praise you for all that you do and all you're going to do. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Hey, if God God has spoke to your heart, why don't you just tiptoe down to this old-fashioned altar tonight? If God's laid somebody on your heart, why don't you come down tonight mention their name to the Lord? Amen. Hey, Calvary, everything's in order. Everything's in order. It's what we're all about. May we be this kind of church until Jesus returns. If you're here tonight and you have a need, we're going to pause for a moment. I'll be in the front. If we can pray with you, we're here. You come tonight while we wait, you come.